What's up, folks? This is Justin, and you are listening to the Welcome to Your Doom show. This is our Christmas special, episode number 13. Uttal and I go over the films that we like revisiting during the holidays, which includes some masterpiece films, I would say, and some not-so-masterpiece films. More like guilty pleasures, probably at best. But in any case, they're all kind of fun films, and all ones that we like to revisit because it really invokes the Christmas spirit in us. So that's what we got going on during the episode. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your doom. Welcome to our Christmas episode, uh, everyone. Merry Christmas, or almost Christmas. Merry early Christmas. I'm Merry times. Happy. <laughs> Presents. <laughs> that moron was Justin. I'm Otto. <laughs> and this is the Welcome to Your Doom show. This is our Christmas episode. and We're really happy to be bringing this to you, I guess. Happier than usual. I don't know. I like Christmas. I'm a festive guy. You've already said that in, what was it? Halloween, Halloween episode. episode. Yeah, you festive yeah. fuck. I- <laughs> I am a festive fuck. Um, yeah, I'm less festive. I'm less festive. Uh, Especially around the Christmas time. I'm not... My, my wife continually likes to point out that I'm not good at Christmas. Really? Really? Um, I'm not good at giving gifts or receiving them. Basically, everything around the gift-giving portion of Christmas, I'm tough. terrible at. Because the thing is, is... If there's something I want, if I can go and get it. Yeah. Right? I don't wait until... Well, just wait until Christmas. You never know what Santa's going to get. You fuck off. Like, I, I know what I want, and I need it now. So I'm going to go get it. Um, and then, alternatively, I'll be like, well, what do you want for Christmas? And then somebody will be like, oh, I want this. And I'm like, all right, I'll fucking get that for you. What? No, you're not supposed to do that. It's supposed to be a surprise. And I go, you just told me what you wanted. So you expected me to get it. So... Wow. Yeah. You sound like a real asshole. I am the fucking Grinch. Yeah. I am the Grinch. Um, I, on the other hand, am a big fan of Christmas. Uh, and you know what? You know, when you're a kid, it's a, it's about, you know, the gift giving and, and, and all of that. You're right. I think I, 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 I can see the reasons why you, you know, you dislike it just because... I'm a miserable fuck. Well, yeah, there's that. Plus, <laughs> uh, the fact that the whole thing, the gift giving is hard. Like, I, 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 I have trouble doing that as well. Yeah. And... And, uh, you know, when someone tells you what they want and you just go out and get it, it kind of defeats the whole purpose, right? right? Yeah. So I, I get that. But the holiday is actually, the gift giving is actually like the part I look forward to the least. Me too. Um, it's it's just the holidays are traditionally a time when you spend time with your, you got, you have some block of time off work. If you're, if you're not on vacation at work, that's uh, I mean. If you're on vacation, you're not at work. If you are, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um... It's, uh, you know, like the office is typically it's slow. So even if you're not on vacation and you're at the office, you're not doing a whole lot of work anyway. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, well, that doesn't apply to all businesses, obviously. But, you know, in the tech industry. Uh, you know, not either of our jobs because we will work hard. Y- yes. Ding. Um, yeah. So and it's just a time to like where everyone gets together all the time. And I like that. I like spending time with family and, you know, everyone makes the time during that period you know call it whatever you want it just happens to be called christmas but it just it's that period of time where people make time to hang out with each other yeah it's got new year's eve always a good party gonna happen there like a lot like a big get together whether it's a house party or you know you're going clubbing i don't know why i said that i haven't been clubbing in years on christmas no for new year's oh that sorry i thought you were talking about christmas still (laughs) <laughs> that would Yuletide be the rager. <laughs> the Yuletide rave. Um, yeah, so that's why I I, I like it, and uh, my family, or my 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 cousins and I, and and yourself, we all go over uh, to one of a designated house, one of our one of our houses. It kind of rotates each year, and we we do this big land party. Yes. Uh, which is not really a land party. Everybody brings their PlayStation fours, and you have to actually jump on the internet. And then play. You just have, you're just playing on the internet, sitting next to each other. So that's pretty fun. That lasts about two and a half days, and that's you know that's a great time. That happens right around Christmas, right after Christmas. This this time it's going to be 26, 27, 28. That's right. It's going to be great. We're going to be playing Don't Starve Together. 
We've got Diablo 3. We've got Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, there was something else in there too. Rainbow Six Siege is old, but it's yeah, no, it's so a solid good. game. Man. It's solid so good. Game. Solid it's a game. fun. It's a fun game to like for everybody to be in the same room and playing together. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's why I love it. And and w- from my childhood, there are a lot of movies that I used to watch around Christmas time that always play well for me every year. I've got a whole list of them, but uh, you know, like I, I uh, you know, I t- a lot of times I don't get through them all. But watching. Holiday-themed films is definitely something that I do, similar to Halloween. Sure. During the month of October, you're watching, like, Halloween... I'm watching specifically Halloween-themed horror films or, or comedies, whatever it happens to be. And for Christmas, I'm watching... Like, some of them are just, you know, like... People just watch awful Christmas movies. I yeah. think it just get They get a lot of leeway for they whatever... They get a lot of leeway and a lot of play on cable, right? Because, I guess, like, yeah. Because, you can't get away from... As soon as it hits December, like, bad Jenny McCarthy movie after bad Jenny McCarthy oh. movie are just fucking layering on top of each other. Yeah, around like that. a shitty parfait. Yeah, Shitty Yuletide Are there McCarthy good parfaits? parfaits. Actually, that's actually, a bad question. I don't. I don't, know, I don't think I know what a parfait. I don't is. know what a parfait is either. So we're gonna what move the? on. Uh, I just remember it was a line from Shrek. I'm a parfait. Why did I sound like Christopher Walken? I was not. <laughs> my, that was pa- not well delivered. I'm a parfait. Oh jeez. All right. This is another thing I need to explain. Just like the Halloween episode. Oh, was it the Halloween episode? No, it was another one. Anyway, I've been drinking heavily. Not, not today. today. <laughs> Not today, but last night was the holiday party at work, and we got bombed at this bar called Power Up. It's pretty cool. You fucking alcoholic. Yeah, it was a pretty cool bar. You got a ton of consoles, like PS4, Xbox One, like everything, and uh, Nintendo Switch and, and the, the Wii U. All of that set up, and four controllers for everything. And they have all these great four-player games. They have one big screen playing the Jackbox games, so there was like nine Love people always Jackbox. there. Open bar, great food, great people. You know, I had a great time. Got home at about 2.30, got to bed by 2.45, 3 o'clock, woke up at 7 a.m. and went to work. And right from work, came here to record the podcast. So if I sound like a raving lunatic, it is because I can't think straight just like finishing that sentence took me a really long time this is going to be a painful podcast but we're going to get through this we're going to get through it together i feel great that is the opposite of what i feel right now but this yuletide beverage that you've cooked up is turning that frown upside down why don't you tell us what uh tell the audience what we're drinking so what we're drinking today is a rum that a friend of mine introduced to me she was doing uh habitat for humanity in Hawaii. So she was building houses or helping build houses or whatever it is sure. that they do in Hawaii. Yeah. And because she was going from Toronto over to LA, which is where I was, and then she'd go over to Hawaii and then back, she usually took a couple of days and stayed with me and my roommate when we were in um, when we were in LA. Right. So Katharisha's a thank you. She ended up bringing this bottle of rum. It's called Koloa. Okay. And it's from the island of Kauai. So it's a dark rum. It's amazing. Um, what we're drinking today is actually a coffee rum. Um, made from the same, it's from the same distillery and it's fantastic. But along with that in the cup, we've also got hot buttered rum. So essentially it's, it's it's literally a stick of butter, honey, some spices like brown sugar and cinnamon and cloves and something else, a little salt and, uh, and hot water. And it all melts down along with the rum and it makes a nice festive drink. I think I found it on, I don't know, it's like one of the top results if you look up hot buttered rum. But instead of spiced rum, we are using this coffee rum and it is fantastic. So it is Christmas in the mouth. God damn right. So this is a big thank you to Katharisha for introducing me to this rum. This is, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I'm gonna need a fucking refill at some point. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, you know, what's been going on? Anything? See anything? Read anything? Um, I'm starting my, I've started going through my Christmas list of movies and stuff. So I was, I guess we could talk about that. I, I I was just telling you, I watched the new Power Rangers movie. Oh, that's right. It's good. It's good. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty impressed. It's fun. It's a fun little go around. Yeah. It's not going to win best picture or anything. I enjoyed that. I saw that in theaters. Oh, best picture. Fucking Shape of Water is getting a lot of attention. Um, is it is that the Golden Globes? It's for Golden Globes, oh, yeah. which is so usually yeah, an indicator nominated. of at least which what nominees are going to yeah. get over to. 
Yeah, no, it is. It's getting a lot of. It's getting a lot of buzz. Uh, we haven't seen it yet. I think no, it's coming out yet. this week or next. I, I'm really confused about its its release date, but I think it's today. Um, um, yeah, so I'm really excited to see it. Uh, I think like you know, Star Wars is also coming out. That's true. And uh, I definitely want to see this movie before I see Star Wars. Uh, because I know that will be in the theater for a lot longer than a movie like Shape of Water. Yeah, I true, think. true, true. And um, yeah, no, I'm really excited. Del Toro, I've been watching a lot of the interviews, a lot of the press he's been doing. He's been getting a lot of like, he's been on talk shows and all that stuff. I love that. I love when actors or directors that I really want to hear from, like new content when they're releasing a new movie, they appear on, they do the whole sort of the promotion, press, like, press, yeah. press circuit. And it's, and it's pretty great. Just... Uh, and he's also got an exhibit at the uh, Art Gallery of Ontario. Yeah. Uh, at home with monsters, and that's going on until early January. So we should definitely make it out there. And you haven't check been it out. yet. I haven't been. No. I've been meaning to. I yeah. just I haven't gone. My buddy Jeff was telling me about. It. He said it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Del Toro, Shape of Water. I'm really excited. Uh, I've never been much for award shows, to be honest. I, I like I don't watch them, but you know I will be very very happy if this film gets recognized because I think I'm gonna really like the movie. I've liked every one of Del Toro's films, um, and one like at least one of his films, The Devil's Backbone, is one of my top five favorite films of all time. I absolutely love. I adore that movie. So uh, you know he's. I'm, I'm I'm really excited. I'm glad it's getting that attention. It's cool. Me too. Me too. And, it's, and that attention is what might get your wife to actually watch this movie. Yeah. Nisha loves, like, as soon as, like, award shows start saying, oh, this is potentially best picture, Nisha is one of those people that um, likes to go and see those films. So that might actually get her to this. I don't know if it's enough because she knows that it's kind of a horror-ish theme. It's like a horror romance, basically, right? Yeah, I would say so. That's what it looks like. Yeah, uh, so. I'm, not, I'm trying not to watch any of the trailers or anything. Yeah, I, um, I basically just saw the first one, and that's all I've done thus yeah, far. So. Yeah, I'm really I'm really excited. So it would be cool if she came. I think Shugu's going to come as well. Uh, although, if even if it wasn't in award season, I'd be dragging her ass to that movie. <laughs> kicking and screaming. So Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. No, it's going to be good. Uh, so... Yeah, Star Wars: Shape of Water. I want to see uh, Murder on the Orient Express. I, I never, I didn't get a chance to see that, so I'm thinking maybe I could go check that out this weekend. Matinee. Nice. Um, oh, and Disney bought another part of our childhood. Oh fuck, yeah. Somebody's got to stop these guys. They're just buying everything. If they buy Hasbro, I'm done. Yeah, and, and they are getting Hasbro. to a point now where they are probably going to. Is my guess. Yeah. I mean, fuck. Like at this point, they own everything. They own everything. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, you know, they, uh, yeah, so uh, for anybody who hasn't heard yet, um, that uh, Disney has purchased 20th Century Fox. Yes. And their properties, uh, their TV properties yep. and all their IP. I don't know the specifics of the deal, but I do know that things like, obviously, like X-Men are going to be, you know, under the Marvel banner now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it goes further than that because, you know, Fox makes a lot of, you know, like Alien and Predator are like, or Fox, I don't know if Fox owns the IPs for those, or I don't know exactly how ownership works, but I feel like Disney would have access to those. And how would like another Alien movie or a Predator movie get made, like uh, under Disney banner? Um, although, like you know, it seems unrealistic that Disney would Disneyfy all of their no, properties. It doesn't no, make any no, sense. But it just—it's all coming from the same place. And I feel like there's going to be a, a bit of homogenization for a lot of this stuff. And yeah. I always believe in com competition, right? You got, I mean, Warner Brothers is probably one of the, it's like the only studio that can really challenge Disney on any level, right? Um, so, uh, and you like you said, if they purchase Hasbro, that gives them... Transformers. That gives them Transformers. Yeah, it's just... My yeah. Little Pony. Not that I'm a fan of that, but it's... Dude, yeah. the people are nuts about that shit. It blows my mind. Um, every time I go to, like... Whenever I'd go to San Diego Comic-Con, yeah. Hasbro would always have a big booth, and they're, they're always giving out... Uh, booth. 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 Um, the exclusives are always going out, and man, you've got, like, 40-something-year-old men in line for, like... Yeah. Rainbow Pony or whatever the fuck it is. Rainbow Dash. Rainbow Dash? Is that, that was what one it? of the guys in line? Oh, for God's sake. Mm. But anyways, yeah, it's, that, that's a super valuable IP as well. And yeah, that, that's but, right. That's so. right. So Hasbro, hold strong. Hold strong. Warner Brothers. Don't don't let Disney buy you. Can you 
Disney buys Warner Brothers. Disney buys the planet. Jesus Christ. He, they will own all of us shortly. Earth yeah. becomes Disney Earth. Yeah. Dis- Dis- Disney, Disney World for real. <laughs> a literal Disney World. So, yeah. So, there's that. Um, I think we should probably jump in. We're, uh, we're running yeah. a little late here. Yeah. yeah. So, what we're going to go through today is our top five. Five, right? Five. Yeah. <laughs> top five. Uh, movies we like to watch around Christmas time, our top five Christmas films. Um, so let's dive right in with n- 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 number five. We're not doing that every number. Says you. <laughs> um, you go, you go first. Me. Shit. Nah. All right. I'll all right. You go first. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna start with the one that. Okay. So typically with this podcast, we've said this in the past. We try not to talk about this stuff very much. But I had mentioned that we would probably have a whole lot of overlap and that this movie would overlap on both of our lists. And I was shocked to find, and this is yes. the only one we discussed, yep. that this wasn't on your list. That's right. And I got a good reason for it. So. I, I, mine's not really in, a, in any order. To be honest, this might be number one on my list. Eyes. Okay. Whatever. Fuck it. Yeah. Anyways, Die Hard, the world's most potentially perfect, arguably perfect action film. Is set on Christmas. Pretty fucking solid argument, I'd say. Yeah. For being a Christmas in Los Angeles. Um, at Nakatomi Plaza. Mm-hmm. So anyways, and I just recently just watched that because I, I, I actually like starting there. Because it isn't really a very... Chris, it doesn't have a lot of Christmassy feel to it. Because yeah. it's obviously you don't see snow and this and That's that. That's right, yeah. It's Christmas in LA, which you don't get that. But it's just... You got little elements of Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. Yep. Yeah, um, the office. It's an office Christmas office party. Christmas party. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, so it's it's such a good film. Yeah, absolutely. So I want you to justify to me that why no, you I didn't put on this it. on your fucking list because when Nisha, when I told Nisha this was a Christmas movie and she said it wasn't, I was ready to call a divorce lawyer. <laughs> I was this close. Be like, don't you ever say that to me again. Um, yeah. So the reason is not on there is for the for something you already said. The holiday films I like to watch are the ones that, like, and the, similarly with Halloween, are ones that have themes of Halloween. Uh, like, they have, it actually has to do with Halloween. And uh, Die Hard doesn't really have a lot to do with Christmas as a yeah, setting. Yeah, you said Halloween. <laughs> or am I crazy? No, no, I was talking about Halloween, comparing it to why how our list oh, differed oh, on Halloween. Yeah, where yeah. I was like... I, I don't just want I don't pick any I don't watch any horror movies true, during true. October. I actually watch the horror movies that have to do with Halloween or fall or take place in autumn, gotcha. that kind of thing. So this one does it does take place during Christmas, but not a lot of imagery or not a lot of tying to the actual uh, holiday itself. Um, not a lot of that classic imagery. Uh, also, it's a movie I watch all year round. <laughs> like I don't. There a lot of these movies I'm gonna I'm, we're about, I'm about to talk about on my list only get watched. Now, they don't get watched randomly at all, ever, outside of Christmas. So, um, Die Hard is actually one I watch all year. Really? So, yeah. I, I'll, so, I'll Valentine's watch... Day comes around and John McClane. John McClane. Be my sweetheart. Easter. John McClane. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, like, it doesn't matter when. I, if I want to watch a good action film, I watch Die Hard. True. Um, so... I actually, I, I usually revisit, and I mean, watching a movie once a year when you're fucking in your 30s. You've watched it a lot of times. That's right. I mean, and I, yeah, I, I pretty right. much exclusively save it to Christmas. It's something I look forward to in Christmas because I probably haven't seen it all year, and I'm like, ooh, I get to watch Die Hard. Yeah. So, but yeah, I totally, I completely concede to the fact that it is not. There are no Christmas themes in it aside from a couple of songs and some lights and some yeah. mistletoe and all yeah. that stuff. Some yeah. guy randomly kissing somebody at a, at a at an office Christmas party that he doesn't know. You don't remember that? Right when John McClane goes in, and he's like. He's walking around, and then some guy looks at him, and he just goes, Hey, Merry Christmas, and grabs him by the oh. face and pulls him <laughs> in and kisses him on the lips. I was like, that's aggressive. <laughs> like, that's aggressive. That is that is not okay that. at an office Christmas party. I forgot about that. If that happened at my Christmas party, that would if be that happened strange. at any Christmas party in this day and age, yeah. people would f- lose their mind. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. I mean, uh, like you said, it is probably the greatest action film ever filmed. Um groundbreaking all of the, you know what i noticed it when still I was holds up it's one it of those things where up. it's like it 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 still looks great it sounds great yeah um we the whole episode is, yeah the action is perfectly staged we, you know i mean i don't think we have to convince anyone that no. die hard is a seminal action film you know you know one thing i noticed too is 
all of the villains in the film are fantastic. I mean, not just Hans Gruber. Yeah, they're all... Yeah. Every single one of them have a little bit of personality. personality. They're iconic Each in their own right. every one of them. Even the guy that's running after him when he's uh, he's under the table, he's like, you've got no more table. Oh, yeah, the yeah. way he says... Like, yeah. it's just... Every villain's got a little bit of personality to it. Yeah. The the guy the he's got the really long hair balding and then yep. he's just he's waiting for the cops and then he just looks up and grabs a Twinkie. Yeah. Like little little is that character. The, that's the, is that Asian the Asian guy? guy? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the he's in a Asian lot of gangster. Yeah. He plays the same Asian gangster yeah, 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 in, like yeah, in like every film. And he's yeah, uh yeah. he's um He's uh, in Big Trouble in Little China. Yep. He's in a lot of he's in yeah. a lot of like early '90s action films. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, they all have a lot of character, and I remember his right hand man, uh, the guy with the long hair. Yeah, uh, the blonde I hair. I'm trying to remember and his name. You know, like, and then his brother dies in the movie, and he gets pissed off. They even like he even has a little arc. Yeah, you know, oh, where for he's sure. like. He's pissed. Action. There are a lot of not a lot of action movies that do that kind no, of no. nuanced. I mean, it's not like uh, it's not uh, it's not so detailed. They don't only have so much runtime, but it's enough nuance again to like add flavor to all of these films. Yeah, so agreed. Great job there. Yeah. All right, you can go. I'm done. All right, I'm done my. Um, rate. I'm gonna go with one that is pretty conventional. Uh, I'd say like Home Alone one and two. Okay. I, I kind of grouped them together. Um, there's not a lot to say here. Everyone's seen Home Alone. Um, an interesting thing about Home Alone for me was that this was my first exposure to Joe Pesci as an actor. Home I Alone. I think it was mine too. Actually. Home Alone was how I knew Joe Pesci. Yeah. For my parents or anybody else, like from the previous generation, they grew up with Joe Pesci being a evil, frightening little man. Stabbing people in the in the neck with you know fountain pens and the like. So um, seeing him in this movie and then seeing him do that was like I was like what the hell like yeah. this is this is crazy. And Joe Pesci's he's a comedic actor. Um, and then for those folks watching Home Alone, they're like what the hell is this? This is like Joe Pesci is a serious uh, you know a serious actor. You know he works in in dramas and he works with Martin Scorsese, but now he's doing this zany like Christmas comedy. So. That's a weird thing. Um, Macaulay Culkin's performance in this is actually pretty good for for a kid actor. I was I was pretty I was I'm I'm still impressed with some of the some of the scenes, um, but obviously the big hook for the movie is the you know the end with the, the setting up of the house and like you know the the these these characters in real life probably died six or seven times. It would have been that. a much shorter movie. Yeah, they wouldn't right. have made it past the first death. Yeah, trap, really. yeah, that's right. Uh, and calling them death traps is is appropriate. But what that movie does really well is it sets the Christmas tone with the family, um, and sets that you know it's, it takes place on a on a suburban street. It's you know it's, it's snow covered, and uh, John Williams wrote an incredible score for this movie that is synonymous with it this time of year, right? So so all that stuff really did come together. And I gotta tell you, man. I think Daniel Stern is fucking hilarious in this movie. He's... He makes me laugh every time, especially in the second one. His best line is, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he gets into the house in the second one, uh, and they're renovating, and he's like, Harry, I've reached the top. <laughs> he has this little moment where he falls, and he makes that noise. Like, yeah. Boom. Falls flat on his face on the floor. Again, he's probably dead, but not in this movie. Um, <laughs> later, he gets up, cracks his back, and he says, Wow, what a hole. <laughs> and that shit cracks me up every single time without fail. So funny. I think Daniel Stern is actually a comedic genius in both of these films. He's, right? he's both so him and funny. Pesci, man. They do they play Pesci, those roles well. I think Pesci is sort of like playing the straight man to Daniel Stern's Absolutely. like complete clown. Absolutely. Um and he does that well, but I think Daniel Stern really does stand out as really like just like delivering the laughs. He is absolutely hysterical in these yeah. movies. Um and it's gr- it's great. Just it's it's the it's that synonymous feel like that that feeling of Christmas is really captured here. The first one's got that great cameo with John Candy and driving through the snow, getting back to the house, getting back to Chicago. It's it just sets the right tone. It's yeah. it's an e- it's sort of an easy one, low hanging fruit there. No, it, no surprises. It, to be honest, it was on my list. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. And it's on my list for the reason, pretty much all the reasons you said, and also it is impossible to avoid it. Oh yeah, during that's like right. if you like, anytime I go to my 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 parents or my my in laws, 
um, you know, TV's usually on and you cannot avoid watching it. That's but the right. thing is, as soon as it's on, shit, you're not changing the channel. It's Home yeah, Alone, it's, right? Yeah, it's Home Alone. You got to watch it. Right. You got to watch it. Uh, it's, yeah, it's it's great. And I like I, I got to mention the score again. The score really sets the tone. Does a does a wonderful yeah. job. I and mean, everybody knows this movie line for line, just like Die Hard, man. Yep. So, um, yeah, Home Alone 1 and 2. I lived in New York for seven and a half years, so Home Alone 2 has got a special place for me. True. Um, you know, a lot of the places they go to in that, you know, they have like the Home Alone tour you can do in New York and stuff like that. Um, but to be honest, the first one is very representative of Christmas to me because it is a suburban street, very much like the street that I live on, for mm-hmm. example. And and could be a house that I love. Well, not that particular house. So it's like... That house is like the John Hughes house. Like every John Hughes film has that house in it and it's massive. But it is a suburban street, a family street. So you can sort of see that kind of thing happening on your own street. Yeah, like, true. So, yeah, that's my number five. Nice. Number four. Um, well, now that we have taken one of mine off of the list, yeah. let me go. I actually watched this yesterday. I think I watched most of it. I fell asleep a little bit just because I was tired, but I've seen it a dozen times. Um... The adaptation of Charles Dickens' classic Scrooge with Bill Murray, Scrooged. Oh, yeah, that's my, that's, 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 that's up there on my list. Yeah, that's right up there. Yeah. That's right up there. It is. Some of these other movies don't get watched during this period, but I 100% make that. That's why it's sitting at number one for me. I, I 100% really? make sure that I watch Scrooged. Nice. I absolutely love this movie. Yeah. Um, it's actually, it's directed by Richard Donner. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's it's Bill Murray almost like he's he he plays it up like he's very very hamming it up. Um, yeah. it, some of the scenes that he has are just good. John Glover, um, the guy that kind of is like the corporate dick that's kind of trying to take his job, is also like oh a, man, he's he's so a funny. subtle antagonist, which yeah. is really cool. Like I like yeah. I like his role in that film too. He's so condescending, but at yeah. the same time, he seems like he's being nice. Like somehow yeah. he's he straddles that line without you knowing that he's insulting you. Yeah. Um. And he's great. And he's I think he's great in, in Gremlins too. Yeah. He oh, is. he's so funny. And it's almost the same character except one's a little bit nicer. And yeah. Less of it. He's like he's he's got kind of a cocky arrogance to him, but he doesn't really know it in the um, in the Gremlins in Gremlins yeah. too. But in this one, he knows it. <laughs> yeah. He's just a dick. Yeah. He's a total dick. Um. But this, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I, don't know, I was uh, the, the the scene that really sold me when I was younger when I first saw this because this actually terrified me was the the scene with I can't remember the name of the Len something Len his his old partner his oh, old yeah, friend yeah, that comes yeah. and visits him he's the essentially the ghost before the three ghosts yep and he goes in that scene is so good yeah it's, it's supposed to be Marley's character yes. uh, from from the original story but I can't remember his name in the film but uh, that is a terrifying scene it scared the shit out of me when I was a kid it, that, I didn't even know I was watching like I think I saw it I didn't know what the film was I just turned it on and I had to turn it off because I was scared shitless yeah. I think I've mentioned in the Halloween episode I was a big fucking scaredy cat yeah. um, but like he, the, the makeup and the prosthetics that they use in, oh, amazing. in that scene it's so good. Oh, so good so good even when he takes off his glasses and he, he doesn't have any eyes in his sockets yeah. right I get. I mean, I'm assuming they just have stuff. Uh, probably, maybe black lenses black or just yeah, yeah. whatever it is. But it looks so. It looks more convincing than like stuff they do in The Walking Dead now. For like, what's his name? Uh, for Carl. What he loses an eye. What's Anyways, it? so Carl. Sorry, not Carl. Uh, I think the guy's name is Len. It's possible. I don't know. Anyways, the prosthetics were good. The scene, the 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 shot where he puts him out the glass. Oh, it was amazing. And tearing at the arm. Yeah, that was what's like that oh, was dude, that, that that moment. That's when I had to turn off. The over team. the edge. That man. was it. It was just yeah. a good moment. Um, Even the, the it's. I think that's early CG when they when he when takes he puts him out the glass. Yeah, it is. But it's still because it's it's still very very simple. Yeah, it's it's CG used well. It's it's a very basic effect. And it's done in a right in the right way, and it's not trying to do anything with like real looking characters or anything like that. It's just a set piece, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just dressing up something that's happening, so situation. So it's a really funny film. All the people that play the ghosts are great. I, I oh, don't yeah. I don't know the actors off the top of my head. No, um, I do not. I but do not either. The, but, uh, but the but it's just such a good film. I don't want to go into too many details because I I found that like I've talked to some of my other friends and some of them haven't even seen this film. Wow. No, I it's mean, not I'm... like it's not. Get it on the list, folks. Yes. This is a good one. This is a really good one. Bill Murray gives one of his what I think is most sincere performance. Absolutely. Um, he plays the role so well, and he's got a great line when uh, 
Len, let's just call him Len, who knows what his fucking real name is, but uh, comes in and he's like, men uh, men wanted to be, like, women adored me and <laughs> men wanted to be me. And he's like, come, come on, <laughs> you paid for the women. <laughs> oh, man. Just like, he's he, his performance is so good, it really cements him as being a comedy legend. I was close. It was Lou Hayward, not Lou Len. Hayward. Okay, so, Lou. I was pretty close. Um... That scene, uh, the reason I like this story in general uh, is that it is fundamentally a ghost story. Yes. It is actually a supernatural, almost like supernatural thriller, right? In its construction. Like thriller? <laughs> yeah. No, I would say thriller because these scenes, these scenes of the ghosts coming, they are supposed to be frightening and it's supposed to be a harrowing experience, right? For him. Especially the third ghost, which I love what they did. I, by the way, my list is filled with uh, Christmas Carol uh, adaptations. Mm-hmm. I can watch an adaptation of Christmas Carol because it's always a little bit different. This one, and I always, I'm always curious how they do do the Ghost of Christmas Future, because that's that's the most interesting one. And it's, it's typically the most scary. And what they do in this movie is they make his, you know, well anyway, maybe I, I won't go into it, but. It's a very interesting take on it. Yeah. Very, very, uh, like, very unique. Um, and, and the one thing that really does sell me on this movie, Bill Murray's performance is amazing, but it's the end. The end, uh, I don't know. Should we get talk about this? Anyway. I, let's, keep it, let's keep it ambiguous. Like anyway, I said, I know. Uh, he he gives a speech. Us, yeah, he gives, he gives a really a speech, good speech. And that speech literally gets me teared up, like, almost every time I watch it, because he's so sincere, Big and he has, he has no... Like, all of his inhibitions are gone, and, the, and he's just, like, this thing is just pouring out of him. Like, and he can barely control it. And it's just, like, it's 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 a it's Somehow it's a meandering, sincere speech that really gets to the bottom of what this time of year is supposed to mean. And he does such a good job of that. That speech alone, like, sells me on the film. Like, it's an incredible speech, and it's earned. Like, the movie really does earn it. And, and it's obviously, it's hilarious. The, the film is funny. Um, the effects are amazing. And, uh, and, and uh, um, sorry, the director. Um, Richard Donner. Richard Donner, he proves again that he's, he's like a Hollywood legend. I think he's, he's made some incredible films, uh, like The Omen, Superman, this film. Goonies, like you name it, he's directed some. Uh, he made the Omen. I'm pretty sure he directed the Omen. No way. Check it out. Let's stand by. <laughs> well, you can keep talking. Anyway, yeah. So it, it's an incredible, uh, an incredible movie, an incredible take on on the on the story. So you were not wrong. Holy yeah. shit! I love the Omen. Yeah. The fact that you love Richard Donner films is like it's not. This is he's what connects all of these things. He's an amazing Holy filmmaker. Shit, he really is. Even his stuff that's like moderate to not very good is still pretty friggin' good in comparison to the other stuff that comes out. Um, he did a movie with Bruce Willis called like Forty Four Blocks or something like that. I can't remember. I think that's I think what it was it's sixteen. Called. Sixteen. Not nearly enough blocks. <laughs> <laughs> he did way more blocks in that movie. <laughs> he was far more tired. Uh, I I. I I actually really enjoyed that film, although if you know it's one of his lesser efforts, it's it's quite good. Um, anyway, yeah. So Scrooge, there's not really much else to say other than go see it. Yeah, great effects, absolutely. great movie, great holiday, great holiday movie, and a great New York movie too. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's another really really good New York movie. There's some legitimate like feelings in how he has to get a cab, especially the of the haunted variety. Oh yes, that's right. It's yeah. reminiscent of crazy fucking cab drivers in, in New York. <laughs> Because you get it. You, you usually stumble upon one or two. Oh, it's great, man. All right, man. It's great. You're okay. Up. What do you got? Number three. Did we go to number three? Yeah, I don't know. We're still on number I'm four. Just gonna, I started, right? Oh, shit. God I don't know. Damn. Number four. See, this is why I didn't want you numbering. It's number. like me and the fucking numbering of episodes. Yeah, yeah. Just go. Number uh, X. All right. Here's one that I think uh, is going to be pretty controversial Jack Frost. That's not controversial. Not the serial killer snowman with Jake Busey. Not that one. What? You should look that one up. I'm we should watch gonna, that sometime. Not a chance. Um, <laughs> he, um, Jack Frost is starring Michael Keaton. As, and, uh, and it's... I gotta say, this movie is kind of like my Ernest Scared Stupid equivalent 
of like the the Halloween set because I know this movie has a ton of problems. It's cheesy, but there's a sincerity behind this movie and a zaniness. And the zaniness comes in the form of tone. This movie cannot seem to find one. It does not. It's so off the wall. Sometimes it's being like this loopy ninety late nineties early two thousands comedy with pop songs and all of that cheesy stuff. And then it really dives in head first to a kid losing his father and the father coming back and like and all of like that pent up sort of emotion there and it does it really well those scenes where 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 it's sort of wearing that emotion on its sleeve it actually does those really well but it throws all of this other zany stuff like around it and it can't find a tone the tone is just all over the place but i kind of love the movie for it i love the movie because it and um Michael Keaton is, is an amazing comedic actor, right? Yep. So he's really, really good. He's great when he's there in person. And then, I'm not ruining anything here, he does die. And he comes back as a snowman. And uh, his his voice work here is perfect. It's so, so good. Um, obviously, like, it has its, like, dull moments with, like, the dialogue. Some of it's just, like, head-slappingly, face-palmingly bad. But uh, that's kind of part of its charm, I think. Mm. Um one thing I do want to mention, the physical effects for the snowman are really good. Like, to this day, there are certain shots where I'm not sure whether that's CG or whether that's a real snowman. Because they use a real snowman and they make... Now, there's certain scenes where it's obviously a CG. Sure. Like, yeah. like snowman. But there's some scenes where I'm like, holy shit, that's a practical snowman and it looks like a snowman. Like, it looks real, you know? Uh, so I'm really impressed with the amount, like, the, the kind of uh, physical work they were able to do on, on, on the film. And, uh, yeah, it's got all the right imagery. Uh, the, the snowball fights that I used to have as a kid, it used to feel like a war zone when we used to have them. And we used to play at war when we were, you know, having snowball fights. And this movie actually has this epic snowball fight with all these kids after school gets let out. And it dubs, like, it just, it goes way over the top. It dubs over actual war sound effects onto the scene so this is like 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 machine gun fire and like plane zooming by and i'm like wow this movie has no idea what kind of tone it's going for but i love it for that um yeah so that's pretty much what i have to say about jack frost i was just looking at reviews on letterbox and nobody nobody likes this movie it's uh, it's one of those it's, it's definitely on a list of movies that i have a I've, I, this is on two lists so this one is on my christmas list and then another list on letterboxd is uh a list of movies that I like that nobody else does. So this is <laughs> this is this is on that list too. So um, yeah, so that's that's Jack Frost, man. It's uh, and and his name is Jack Frost. That's how that's how Zane. He was goes. Jack Frost before he became a snowman. Yes, his name was Jack Frost. Yeah, look, you 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 had me at Keaton. Yeah, no, he's great. It's great to watch. Just if you're just interested in a little Keaton action, this is a good one. It's a good one. The snowman can be startling, can be frightening. It, when that, it, yeah, when, that when, was something I wanted to mention. When, it, it, the snowman can be frightening, but it was never frightening to me as a kid. No, when I watched okay. it. It was like never, never struck me as being terrifying. Uh, but a lot of people seem to have a problem with how well this spirit is. It looks like an evil snowman, and uh, I, I don't get that. But I, 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 I guess when I see it in that light, I'm like, I could see how it could be misconstrued, but I never did. It never, never applied to me. So yeah, Jack Frost, a zany uh, or late '90s, I think, film or early 2000s. That something like that dives into like you know, dead daddy issues. Dead daddy it's, issues. It's weird. Man. It's just a tonal mess, and I love it for it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the Christmas spirit. Yeah, it's a <laughs> tone deaf Christmas spirit. Yep. Yeah. So number three. Um, this one, so because we stomped on... Stomped? Not stomped. We stomped uh, all over it. Well, Home Alone 2, we kind of stomped in the same playground. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yes. Shut up. Got it. Um, I'm going to throw in something that was kind of in my reserves. Um, Rise of the Guardians. Good choice. Yeah. It's not on my, it's not even on my Christmas list, actually, but it is a good choice. I, I like, I, I, I do... Th- Think that could qualify as a, yeah. as a Christmas. Movie. And I, I don't think it's during Christmas, is it? No, but I mean Santa, the you know Guardian is a big player, right? Exactly. So that's or why North, I, I couldn't North. 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 They North. call him North. Yeah. yeah. 
But um, no, the reason is, um, so I was working at DreamWorks when they were putting this film together and I got to see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, some of the production art that they had. I think I still have the book actually of the production art. And it was just such a treat to see some of the stuff that they had, especially around Santa Claus. Yeah. He, like, when they had North being set up as a character, like, he was even more of a swashbuckling, like, crazy Russian, yeah. like, big tattoos They'll and everything on his arm. Yeah. The design on Santa Claus on that was, like, it was ingrained, it still is ingrained in my mind, is, like, right. just a really cool design. That art book is really good. The, the one art book that you, is really that good. That you got, yeah. you know, that's at my place right now. The art for the art book for that movie is very, very good. I love the designs for all of them, especially North. It especially North. Yeah, his, the, 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 his, um, the North Pole, the environment that they set up there, it was just everything. I mean, down to the Yetis. Yeah. The Yetis were really neat. That's right. Um, and how they were designed. There was actually some cool technical stuff that, that the TDs had to do and the artists had to do to get them to work properly or right. render properly, yeah. which was neat. Um, and then the elves were like super cool, yeah. like those tiny little triangle yeah. things. Um, it was just a, it, in and of itself, it's just a really fun, like winter, um, Christmassy environment. It might yeah. not be taking place on Christmas, but it, that's not the point. An interesting thing though, is also North is such, is obviously one of the big characters in the film, but Jack Frost also, uh, is, a, is the main, sorry, Jack Frost is the main character. Yes. So they're both in this sort of winter wonderland sort of story. And that's why I think predominantly it does feel like a winter-based or Christmas-based film. Um, yeah, so I know I agree with you. There's a lot of stuff in that movie I like. Yep. And uh, uh, one of the things, I did read the first book, uh, the the Guardians What series. it was based yeah. on, yeah. It's like, a, it's a kid's book. I, I, read to, I, didn't, I didn't think it was anything special. I actually enjoyed the movie more. Uh, but I think it's building up. It's North when he was younger. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think if I were to read all of them, and they're they're quick reads since they're since they're uh, you know uh, kid, kids books, but uh, um, the art is amazing. They've got these great pages of art in the book that are just wonderful, and I can see why they had such a strong visual element to this film. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, they really did take some of those designs and said, okay, we're gonna run with this. The tattoos, the the swords. He has so many different swords. Yeah. Um, all that stuff. So it's great. It's yeah. great. It was yeah. one of my favorite films to see. I didn't work on it, but it was one of my favorite ones to see being developed. It just it it, it really tugged the cord at me, and it was just such a such a treat to be there and see that being done. So yeah, I'm actually probably gonna throw that on. I think oh. I have the Blu-ray. I haven't watched it yet during this Christmas season yet, but ah. that's something that's on my list to yeah. do. So all right, that's what I got? Let's see what I've got here. What I've got is. A lot of, I have a lot, like I said, A Christmas Carol is something that I had, like the adaptation of that story is something I really, really, uh, uh, the, the adaptations of that of that story are ones I really enjoy. I can watch a ton of them in a row and still feel like I'm watching completely different films. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite, or the one that I keep coming back to, are there are two of them. Scrooged is one, and the other one that just I absolutely love and I adore is A Muppet Christmas Carol with Michael Caine playing uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. My cocaine. It's like, are you a drug dealer? No, why? Why does everybody keep calling you my cocaine? <laughs> um, yeah, so he's in he's full on he's full on scene chewing mode in this in this with with the Muppets and the, just some of the stuff they do with the Muppets in this movie are it's so amazing. Like technically, it's great. And the, the sets are super gothic. It's London, like I think it's what turn of the century ish, uh, and it's a it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful film, and the Muppets actually add a lot, like actually add something unique and new. And it and and Gonzo's playing the narrator, and he the first thing he does <laughs> first thing he does in the movie is like, hi. I'm Charles Dickens. <laughs> it's Gonzo. It's like nuts. it's a great way to set the tone, um, and uh, and it it's actually again it's got that fright almost frightening aspect to it because it is a ghost story. Yeah. So uh, none of those films leave that out. They always tamper with the whole horror supernatural aspect of it, and this is no exception. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I highly recommend it. I think this is this movie is actually directed by... It's the first movie, not Muppet movie, not directed by Jim Henson. Oh. It's directed by Brian Henson, his, uh, his son. So it's the first movie that... And it's the first movie you see, I, th I believe, and someone can correct me on this, it's the first movie you see Kermit the Frog walking. Like, he's, oh. le he's legit walking in one of the scenes with his legs and stuff. Huh. With his legs. He's walking with his legs. I thought he was walking with his arms. I'm filling all the jokes in. Anyway, never mind. Were you drinking yesterday? Absolutely. 
guzzling it down. Still in the system. Uh, yeah, so Muppet Christmas Carol. It's great. Michael Caine sings. He sings. He sings. It's kind of it's a musical, right? It's a Muppets movie. True, so there's, true. It's a musical, so he's he's singing, he's dancing. Who was your favorite Muppet? I I had two, and they're kind of like obscure ones. Beaker. Beaker is not obscure. I almost spit out my hot butter rum. <laughs> Beaker. <laughs> what? Obscure. It's better than shattered glass and sticking it in my throat. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love um, Beaker. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Beaker's great. Um, my The other one I loved is Animal. Yo, okay. Uh, Animal, one of mine, yeah. and... Uh, the, the brothers. The, 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 the Sorry, the, the critics, obviously. Are oh, yeah. Really the critics great. are... They're in a whole other territory. I can't remember their names now. Uh, they're two grumpy old men. Um, and Fozzie. I love me some Fozzie. Fozzie, yeah. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. And he's he's in this movie, and they all play characters from the story. So it's really it's really funny to see them play these classic characters. And the movie, and it's similar to Muppet Treasure Island, which Tim Curry is in, and Tim Curry being another amazing actor, um, they all play classic characters in that story as well. So it's it's interesting what they do, and it's funny and it's entertaining. Uh, so I I definitely make room to watch this every year. Cool. Um, this next one is okay. So I'm pulling a fast one on you. Very fast one. We've been talking movies. But this podcast typically talks about movies and comic books and games. Well, uh, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think I know what it is, too. Exactly. Um, It's another Charles Dickens take on the classic Christmas Carol. All right. But it's a book called Batman Noel by Lee Bermejo. Yep. And I'm actually midway through reading it again, and I read this every single year. It's basically uh, DC's take on the classic Christmas Carol um, story but with Batman and some of his villains and friends come in and substitute as the ghosts in this story that's told basically in the eyes of somebody who I think he's it's like a part like a crook yeah like a crook he's chasing at the beginning yeah it's it's that character that's telling the story yes. I think right yeah, so, so basically yeah. he's telling this to his son and he's talking actually I think it's his son I, I can't, can't remember. remember now. In any case, it's somebody telling a story, and while this story, basically, he's telling the Scrooge story, but while the Scrooge story is being told, kind of as the you know, kind of as the narrating element of the story, this Batman story is being told as well, and it's very reminiscent so, yeah, of that, like parallels, yeah. exactly. So, like you know, uh, the the first ghost comes to him that tells him the other three ghosts are coming to get to come and talk to him, and that's basically where the story goes. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's unique in a sense of I don't think that this has been done for Batman before. I think this is the only book of its kind like this. That's right. Um, for that for that character in that universe, but it's just done so well. the The lettering and the way that the story is told, um, it's just I I haven't read anything that quite makes me want to go back to something every single year and read it. And this story is is that. The art is phenomenal. I mean, Bermejo, let's just focus on that for a minute because Lee Bermejo is an incredible artist and his Batman is top notch. Mm -hmm. Top notch Batman. Um, And an amazing Joker, obviously. But but, uh, his takes on all of the DC sort of pantheon are just, they're amazing. His I love Superman. his Superman. is oh. really good, too. I mean, I feel like I'm naming every character now, but, but uh, you know, he, he he's, and, and he and he's a decent, half-decent writer. Like, yeah, so, this was his first book, I think. I think it was wrote. his first, yeah, that's right. And it's a it's an, an OGN, like an original graphic novel. I own the hardcover. I was just looking for it you know, two weeks ago. Yeah. Couldn't find it. No yeah. idea where it is. I probably loaned it to someone in New York and never got it back. Uh, so I'm thinking of maybe purchasing another copy, but uh, but yeah, no, it's one to own. It's it's a beautiful looking book and a well told story and in solid parallels. Now it it stretches the parallels a little bit if I remember correctly, like so kind of bends the story to make it more uh, you know make it more in line with the original sort of Christmas Carol. That's but, right. Uh, but uh, no, it's a, it's a good one and and it's got a lot of the the uh, the sort of that hol- that that Christmas uh, imagery. And, and again, Bermejo's art really makes it pop. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. That was a good one. That yeah. was a good one. Definitely check it out. It's called Batman Noel. Um, it's it's definitely worth having in your collection or at least giving a read. Go to the local library and pick it up. Yes. Find absolutely. It. Absolutely. 
Um, I think I'm going to do my last... Uh, do you have another movie, or that's it? We're going to do honorable mentions? I, I had one more. Okay. I had one more. All right. So why don't we do honorable mentions now, and then do our last films, right? So honorable mentions for me, a lot of stuff here. I have, I have a running list on Letterboxd for both Halloween and Christmas movies, so a couple that I'm going to throw out. A Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey, um, the Robert Zemeckis CG one. I never saw that. Never saw it. It's, it's worth checking out. It's, it, it has some interesting takes on the story itself. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, which I only watched for the first time maybe like two years ago with you and Nader outside. We did an outdoor movie right, and we watched yeah. Charlie Brown. And uh, that one is kind of depressing. Yeah, in a weird way. terribly depressing. Yeah. I remember being upset after that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no. Um, Mickey's Christmas Carol, which is a Disney, a 28-minute Disney version of Christmas Carol. It's amazing. It's got that classic animation, all the Disney characters playing the different characters from the Dickens story. Very well animated, just pure nostalgia. It's great. It's great stuff. Um, a Christmas Vacation, obviously, it's another another one I uh, watch here. The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Two that I wanted. Uh, this one. Uh, there are two that I want to mention in particular. Die Hard's on this list, but two that I want to highlight. Gremlins, which I feel like is a Christmas film. Like that movie. Although I'd watch that movie at any point in the year, it does have a lot to do with the time of year. It's got that Amblin set design that yeah. you know makes it very reminiscent and sorry, very uh, very nostalgic. Like it's got that haze of nostalgia all over sure, it. Sure, sure. Uh, and Batman Returns. Yeah, that one. These two yeah. are both very strange, very dark movies uh, that take place around Christmas time, and Christmas is a part of the story. Um, and they're both, you know, and Batman Returns. Obviously, Tim Burton's, you know, this is essentially Tim Burton's Batman. Absolutely, you know, like it's and it's taken it in a very weird direction. But the set design is phenomenal. The movie looks incredible. Uh, the makeup design, the art direction is fantastic. It's just like unparalleled, man. I mean, it's 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 definitely a sight to behold. Feel as you may about the movie. The movie's really, it's it's strange. It's a it's weird kind of, movie. I kind of like it for that, but yeah. you know, the set design's amazing. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, the uh, claymation one. Yeah, that would have been one I would have mentioned. Yeah, actually. Elf. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Uh, the Alistair Sim Scrooge, which is the one we watched outside. Yeah. Uh, the black and white one. That's a great one. Uh, Krampus which uh, we saw last year or two years ago, um, and Fred Claus. I the fuck don't... is Fred Claus? With Vince Vaughn and Paul Giamatti. Oh. Yeah, uh, it's... Yeah, I like that more than I should have, to be honest. Um, but it's just, it's kind of funny, and it has the festive... has the festive uh, stuff in it, and it just does... It does it well. It's It's cheesy holiday stuff, but, you know... I can't get enough of it during the during the time. So those are my honorable mentions. You mentioned like a few of the ones that I had. The only one I think that you didn't mention that I wanted to mention, and I I was considering putting this in the list, didn't because Die Hard was already in there because it very much treads the same territory as that. Oh, right, that's right. Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. It's another L.A. Christmas movie. Um, and by L.A. Christmas movie, I mean it's set on Christmas and has nothing to do with it. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. But the very first song is Jingle Bell Rock. Yes, And the that's song right, theme yeah. when they're zooming in on the building. So, I mean, it sets it up kind of in that sense. And there's, um, when they actually, uh, when the bad guys come towards the end of the film to basically try and go after yeah. Briggs and Murtaugh, um, I think they find a Christmas tree with like, yes. oh, they're not here or something yeah. like that. or. So yeah, there, there's some imagery in there, but the the main reason I revisit it is because another want, Richard Donner movie. It, that's that, that, yeah. another thing I want to mention. Another Richard yeah. Donner movie, like probably the one he's one movie. of the most famous for. Lethal Weapon, yeah. oh, or Superman. I think Superman, Superman too. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, um, yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it's one I revisit also around the holidays. Not because it's a holiday film. It's just because I try and watch it maybe once a year. And yeah, that's, that's, that's about a great the time. movie. Yeah. Shane Black, interesting enough, wrote that, and a lot of his movies that he writes, he takes place around Christmas because he wrote and directed um, the Val Kilmer, Robert Downey Jr. film called. Why can't I think of the name right now? Uh, kiss, 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 bang, kiss, bang, 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 which also takes place around Christmas in LA. So, a lot of connections we're uh, we're finding here. I think there's one more movie that he wrote, and I wanted to just confirm. I Is think that the I'm one wrong. with Bruce nope. Willis? He wrote the screenplay for Iron Man three as well, which also was. Well, he directed Iron Man. 3. Did he direct it too? Yeah, I couldn't remember it. if he directed yeah. it. Okay. Does that have a Christmas thing in it too? I thought it was on Christmas. I didn't even see Iron Man three. I it's been it's been ages. Yeah. Um, I, I saw it once and 
It had some cool moments to it. I liked it better than two. It had. Uh, sorry, he also directed another another movie with Bruce Willis and uh, one of the Way- the Damon Wayans. What's uh, that one called? Not Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. It's something. It's something like that. Nice. No, not nice guys. Edge. No. no. He's only directed a few. He's. Sorry, he didn't direct it. He wrote it. it, it Tony Scott directed the movie. Last. He, oh, he did the screenplay for Last yeah. Action Hero. Yeah. Where is it? Long Kiss Goodnight. No. No, not that one. Kiss Kiss A Wall. Oh, Edge? No. No, what the hell? I don't know, dude. Oh, man, this is pissing me off. Figure it out. Search yourself out. Last Boy Scout? Yes, that's what it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, Last Boy Scout. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if that was Christmas related or not. I wasn't sure if you'd seen it. But anyway, uh, Lethal Weapon. There was one other thing I wanted to mention really quick. I wanted to do it as a bonus round, but uh, I think I'm just going to throw it in here. Do it. Um, I've been listening to a lot of... We listen to a lot of audiobooks. You know, we do a lot of traveling, and we've talked about this in the past. One of the ones I revisit... I try to revisit every year is A Christmas Carol, the story, unabridged. Uh, Tim Curry is reading it. Oh, man. Yeah, and it's amazing. He's amazing. He does all the voices. He's just fantastic. But listening to Tim Curry for a few hours telling this, telling this story, it's just... it's. It's heaven, man. It's heaven. Because <laughs> Tim Curry is just so expressive and funny and like uh, just a great talent, an amazing talent. So uh, if you haven't read the book and you don't feel like reading the book, um, you know, like, uh, you know, words and things, um, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not doing so hot today. I'm You're doing fine. fine. I'm, just I'm, keep it going. I'm powering through, powering through. Um, the audiobook is a great alternative, and that's uh, I've never actually read the book. I don't own a copy, and I want to change that this year. I do want to get a copy of the story because I love it so much. It's so it's so um, timeless. Um, but this is a great way to consume it because it, I believe it is unabridged, and so if you can find that somewhere at your library, for example, um, uh, Tim Curry, Tim Curry uh, reading um, uh, a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Amazing, a great way to consume that story. So you said unabridged. I thought you said on a bridge. I was He's like, reading it on a bridge. Why? Yeah. That's a strange <laughs> Listen, Tim, we want you to read this, but you have to be on a bridge. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, you have to be on a bridge. <laughs> we can't do this any other way, Tim. Are you okay with this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's those are the honorable mentions. All right. You okay. said you have one more, right? Yeah, last okay. movie. I got uh, essentially one that I, I, I 100% like up there with Scrooge. I, I always make room for. It's called, you ready? I'm ready. Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. This is purely nostalgic. It gets to me in the cockles of my heart, in the subcockle area. You know, this is, a, this is three stories uh, told. Uh, so it's a, what do you call it? Um, Triplex. <laughs> That's not the word. Triptychon. No, it's uh oh god. What's what is trick or treat? I can't. I can't. Oh, anthology. It's an anthology. There you go. Yes. Oh jeez. It's not often I can pull words out faster than you can, my friend. Depends on where you're pulling them out from. So it's an anthology film, uh, and it's three three stories with all of the you know uh, Disney characters in it, and they're all really great. They're just like super well animated, um, very poignant. All of them have a great lesson. Uh, but it's just the animation is so good and the voice acting is so good and they get that imagery just right. It's brilliant. I absolutely love it. I watch it with – I try to watch it with Shogu every year. I've, I've been watching it every year for a long time now. It's been a long time. Uh, and I'm a grown-ass man and Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas is pretty much my number <laughs> one Christmas movie. So there it is, world. You know my deep, dark secret. Have you ever seen this? I have, have never ever heard, heard of, it? of it. No. It's – you know what? I don't even throw recognize it on. that. What throw it I... on one day. Uh, I believe... Uh, I want to confirm this. Oh, yes. Kelsey Grammer is the narrator Ooh. of this. And it's it's good stuff. That's uh, why you like it so much. Oh, man. He's got that deep, soothing voice. Frazier. He really does. Um, check it out. It's... <laughs> it's it's Look, it's not going to... It's not going to, uh, you know, knock your socks off or anything. But it's just a solid, solid movie. I enjoy it. If if you know I'm watching, I, I see myself watching it with you know my nephew, my niece and nephew, and stuff like that. It's something I can always come back to. So fair enough. There you have it. Fair enough. Um, one that I go back to a lot more than I should. I don't know if you've ever seen it, and it's funny because we talked about this character during our Halloween episode. 
Have you ever seen Ernest Saves Christmas? So I'm not. I'm You've not. You've never seen it? No, I've not seen it. You know oh. what I have seen though? I've seen the Nostalgia Critic review of of that. Movie. Really? Yeah. Uh, but I haven't seen Ernest Saves Christmas, and I gotta. I'm gonna. I'm, I think we've talked about this, and I think I, I may have told you this before. The problem I have with again is with that movie is the same issue I would have with Lethal Weapon or the same issue I'd have with Die Hard. It's this L.A. Christmas. I just can't get into. Oh, it. Okay. I can't get into. I it, get man. it. I'm I such get, a traditionalist. You I know? get like, that. I get and, that. And it's it's tough for me to get to get into that. Now here's the thing, though, right? Where Die Hard and Lethal Weapon, those L.A. Christmases, yeah, I can kind of get it. This one has actual fucking Santa Claus <laughs> walking around in daylight the whole time, yeah. trying to find another guy to take his job. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's the fucking. I do premise. recall this from yeah, and and I and from what I've seen, the guy who plays Santa Claus is so good. He's, he's so, really you know so who, good. Do you know who he is? He voices the Sultan. Yes, yeah. And I didn't know that before until oh I, I was God, just actually yes. watching clips of it today on YouTube. Yeah, and um, and I start listening to his voice. And I'm like, I know that voice, and he literally in this movie looks exactly like the Sultan, except not as big and plump as yeah. the Sultan. Um, because he's got the same kind of upturned mustache and oh, it's man. all white. Like it's just it's the same guy. That's funny. Um, but yeah. this movie's it, basically the whole premise is Santa Claus for some use for some crazy reason is using public or public or commercial transit. Uh, yeah, he's flying on a plane. Yeah. He's like yeah. he's just flying coach into L.A. for some god awful reason. Yeah. But um, his job and the reason he's coming to L.A. is that it's his time is dwindling and he needs to pass on the mantle of Santa Claus to another person and there's somebody in L.A. that he's got to give it to. He ends up meeting up with Ernest at the airport because he's Ernest driving is him. driving a cab. I love and how in every Ernest movie, Ernest has some weird services job. Like, <laughs> And he's really always strange. horrible at it. Yeah, he's awful at it. He that's why he moves around all the time. Yeah, he proceeds to basically like hit and run his way to the airport. Oh, jeez. Yeah, there's... Picks oh, up Santa I have seen these parts it. of the movie. Yeah. I think I've actually seen some of this movie. Like, you know, not the Nostalgia Critic version, but I've I gotta, I, I'd have to watch the Nostalgia yeah. Critic review of it. Because you should I'd check it out. I'd love it's to funny. check out his uh, his take on it. It's but funny. It's just, it's just an, a fun movie. Um... It's got a lot of Christmas spirit to it. Uh, the guy that he's trying to convince to become Santa Claus is actually like a pretty, I think he's a pretty famous actor in it, like a child, uh, like a, he's almost like a Fred Penner or Mr. Dress Up or one of those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. And I think I know who you're talking He's putting about. him in a, he, he, the, the movie studio is essentially putting him in like a horror movie and trying to get him to swear and he just can't do it. So he's just like a good oh. person overall and that's why Santa's picking this guy. So he's got to become Santa Claus and the, the whole premise is he's basically got to pick up the mantle by seven o'clock of the day that he arrives, which way to go, Santa, for giving him enough time to make a fucking decision. Yeah. But he basically touches down and says, "You've got to give out presents by seven o'clock tonight, or maybe the next day, or Christmas is canceled because daylight's going to come up and you can't do your job by daylight." So yeah. Um, so so a lot uh, of Douglas Seal plays du yes. Santa Claus. Jim Varney obviously plays Ernest, mm -hmm. and the guy who plays. I don't think it's any of these people. It's here. Oliver Clark is the guy that Oliver Clark. Yeah, Oliver okay. Clark's the one that plays the 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 Santa Claus to be. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's just a fun movie. There's a lot of fun scenes. I think probably my favorite Ernest scene of all time is in this film where he's the snake wrangler. I, I can't remember the name of the character that he is, but he's got this amazing scene. He's basically trying to smuggle Santa Claus onto a movie set to go and see this. Santa oh Claus yes, I do. And it's great. He's just like, it, oh, I got. I, is he? It's like the insane asylum. He's got to come in. Or no, like no. He's, he's he's basically like he's a snake wrangler, and the guy the guy at the front desk comes up to him. He's like, hello. He's driving in this truck, and he puts snake wrangling or whatever and Santa's in a sack in the back covered in kind of like uh, I think he's like covered in hoses yeah, or something yeah. like that and Jim Varney just gets to the front and the guy says what do you got back there he's like I got me, and he, the way he's, yes. he's contorting his face and his jaw, he's got like one tooth blacked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I got me some snakes, and he's just like out of his mind. It, it's so good. <laughs> I gotta watch that because one of the things I absolutely love about Jim Varney is his impressions. When he's earnest, he takes on those different personas. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of Ernest Scared Stupid is when he does those montages where he plays a bunch of different characters. I, now that you're talking about his face contorting stuff. I feel like Ernest is a precursor to Jim Carrey. Absolutely. And did I say Jim Carrey before? I might have said Jim Carrey. Oh, Jim Varney. It's Jim Varney, yeah, obviously. Jim Varney, yeah. yeah, but uh, for some reason I mix up the names. Yeah, yeah. The, the well, names I mean, sound similar, but... They, they're both similar sort of slapstick comedy. To some degree. Uh, yeah. yeah, and his facial expressions are a big part 
of his character. Yes. So yeah. and like Jim Carrey, obviously he made he 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 did exactly another the same level. Thing. Yeah, yeah. He did exactly the same thing, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like yeah, just you mentioning the facial contortions because again he does it a lot in uh, in Ernest Scared Stupid. So I, you know what? I think just based on this, I'm gonna go. I I'm definitely gonna try and check that. I, out I won't play the video, but that's the still image. Like this is the still image. Of he got the must. He's got. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that. He's got. I got a trunk load of snakes. I'll put it. I, I might actually see. We'll see if I can find a video of it on YouTube. I'll oh, put it on funny, the article because it's just so good. That's funny. No, um, no, it's good. That's a good choice. Yeah, uh, that is a good choice. So. Anything else? Anything else you want to mention? Um, no, no. That's that's pretty much it for me in terms of uh, stuff I revisit around Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So we'll probably the next show we'll record is going to be in January sometime. Probably do a Star Wars maybe or uh, or a Shape of Water. I'd like to do both if we can. Um, if possible, like two different shows. I mean, two different episodes. Yeah. So, well, we um, would, we, good lord, we can barely contain one episode in an hour and a bit. Yeah. We're, there's no way we're containing the those shape two. of Star Wars. The shape of Star Wars. It's just a lightsaber. Right. Exactly. So uh, that is our top five ish <laughs> uh, selections and one book. So, and one book. Yeah. One surprise. Right. One surprise. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's it. So everyone, have a merry Christmas, a happy New Year. You filthy animals. That was all backwards. It should have been. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. And a happy new year. Take care, guys. See ya. Ciao.